and welcome to another episode of The Queer Quadrant, a podcast where we, two bisexual filmmakers, examine cinema in all its cultural contexts and explore why your favorite four-quadrant blockbuster is maybe not as straight as you think it is. Brooke, I gotta say one thing, and that I am hungry for this <laughs> podcast episode. I am ready to devour the sandwich that is too fast, too furious. I don't I want to get into it right now. I don't There's know. no time to waste. We are a silver hubcap coming across the globe. Okay, okay, ready okay. Are you ready to go? I am ready to go. My okay, I'm God, coming in hot. <laughs> yeah, Jesus, it's okay. We can we can go in hot. Great. Um, hi, <laughs> I'm Brooke Solomon. I'm Jordan Gustafson, but all my homies call me Rome. Mm, very nice. All my homies call me Bri Bri. Nobody Bri-Bri calls him Bri Bri in this. Mm, don't mm-hmm. like it. Um, and we are joined today by past and current and <laughs> probably future guest, Drew Gregory of Autostraddle. A delight to have you back. I am so happy to be here and be here for this movie, which feels like a really natural continuation of Rebel Without a Cause. It, it feels like, like, is Rebel Without a Cause a Fast and Furious movie? Maybe so. I don't know. The blueprint. I think so. Yes. Yeah. I mean, look, Brian and, or sorry, Paul Walker and James Dean have similar sensibilities. One of them might be a better actor than the other, but they're both, you know, classic, good-looking <laughs> okay, wow. Hollywood. I don't yeah. know why you're insulting James Dean like <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, Paul Walker outsold. <laughs> well, it's true. You know, James Dean really made that red jacket iconic, and Paul Walker really made just normal looking t-shirts Surf, iconic shirts and <laughs> flip-flops yes um yeah, if you haven't well. if you haven't guessed today we're talking too fast too furious you have to sing it like ludicrous we are we're too fast too furious we just yeah. did it for me so oh god uh yeah. it we'll is the, the second you. entry you. in our summer series of q fast q furious the we've, titular episode yes we've gotten to the namesake very early on if you missed the our initial announcement this is our epic summer series on every single fast and furious movie jordan is a fast and furious fan i am a fast and furious newbie this is the first time i have ever seen any of the movies including too Wild. fast too furious i don't know why we did this to ourselves i know why because we have a great time because this is delightful family. i have no notes <laughs> I'm actually okay now. Yes. No, no, no. So this Are you laying out groundwork. This entry, some pavement. Well, I was just gonna say this entry. I know is kind of like the black sheep of the Fast and Furious family, mm-hmm. from what I understand from online. Sure. This is the first time I've ever seen it. I fucking loved this movie. <laughs> For the first time in history, online is wrong. Yes. 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 Yeah. Shocking. It has never it's, happened. It's one of my favorites. I think it's my second favorite. Yeah. What yeah. is your first favorite? I think Fast Five. Like, I think, like, I want to be, like, a major contrarian and be, like, Too Fast to Furious is my favorite. But, like, <laughs> I, I, like, I think Fast Five is sort of, it's the, it's the midpoint. It's, yeah. like, the peak of, but, but I'm, I wanted to be here today for this one because I think it needs, people know Fast Five is great. Right. I don't think people really accept how great Too Fast to Furious is and how gay Too Fast to Furious is. Yes. I agree. Pivotal. Yeah, you like this movie too? I like this movie. This movie holds up so well on rewatch. And I think if you go into it 
expecting one thing then you're going to be let down but if you go into expecting like a fun sort of rom-com with two (laughs) ex-lovers like going on a work trip then you're gonna have like the time of your life you know what I mean yeah I mean and it is like I think that obviously the first one is sort of like lightning in a bottle but I had such a good time with this I was utterly delighted yeah um yeah Drew I'm so curious to know what is like your history with this franchise what what makes this one so special to you Yeah, so I watched the first two movies, like, as a kid, like, when I, when I was going through, like, a phase where I was just trying to watch as many things as I could watch, like, I have, I remember having this piece of notebook paper that had, like, The Godfather, like, (laughs) random Hitchcock movies, the Fast and the Furious movies, like, John Carpenter movies, like, I truly was just, like, any movie I'd ever heard of, like, I did not know the difference between them, Um, and I watched the first two, uh, I think those were the only two that were out at the time and um, enjoyed them. But also at that time, like I didn't really have taste. Like I just was watching everything. And then as I developed taste, I think I became a little bit of a snob. Like I think high school me was like a little bit insufferable. Mm. Um, no, not maybe, not a little. Like I was <laughs> super insufferable, like film nerd in high school. And then I didn't watch another one until the sixth one came out. And my girlfriend at the time loved the movies and was like, I really want to go. And so I I got drunk and went with her and some friends, which now having seen them all, it's so wild to think watching the sixth one, having only the context of the first two. Like, yeah, that's crazy. So it's so wild. But yeah, (laughs) and then I had sort of like wanted to revisit them, had sort of like had a lot of friends, a lot of gay friends who were like obsessed with them. And they felt like sort of, as as like you know marvel takes over and there's all this like sort of very well thought out universe building the chaos of the fast and the furious movie is like called to me like there was something about it that just felt like there's something here um and i also had recently rewatched point break for the like millionth time and i know that like i remember that fast and furious was like basically just a rip off rip off of point break <laughs> um and then my girlfriend and I got COVID in January and I had already brought up the idea of us watching all of them and that we were like well this is we're inside so yep. we have to we started it. watching all of them and I take things seriously so I also like watch Better Luck Tomorrow I watched the shorts including Hell the like yeah. Los Bandoleros Los Bandoleros I think is one of the best Fast and the Furious movies and I I don't think it's gonna happen but and maybe by the time this episode comes out, we'll know. But um, I want Vin Diesel to direct Fast 10 now that Justin Lin's dropped out. But I think they're, I think it's like maybe even been announced that this other guy is doing yeah. it. It's just like a boring choice. Yeah, is it the, they're is it closing the guy, in on it. Yeah, Louis, Louis Leterrier. Yeah. yeah. I just think Vin Diesel, like, we're going to get into this, but I just think Vin Diesel, like, understands the franchise in a way that yeah. even some of its fans don't. Like, I, I really, I would say I really would fans. trust him. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. So I, watching all of them, including like this huge, I didn't watch Hobbs and Shaw because Hobbs and Shaw are my bear, two least bear, favorite bear. characters. Which They're is your maybe, enemies. <laughs> They're my enemies of the franchise. I think that they have hurt the franchise and I will, I, I'm a big fan of the, like the first, I'm a defender of two. I'm a defender of four. I don't think three really needs defenders. I think it's fine, but I think it, it has like, now, it's yeah. become this sort of like cult, whatever. And then I wrote this, this essay about, like this like 4,000 word essay about the franchise and about it's like views of criminality 
um, because I love to take a fun thing and make it, uh, I was going to say not fun, but we can have fun and also That's talk fun. about abolition. Yeah. Like yes, I think there's yes. room for all of it. You can have fun um, and burn the system but down I, at the I same mean, I, time. I, yeah. Like I do also think though that part of the appeal of the franchise and part of the queerness of the franchise is its relationship to criminals and, yes. and especially in the first like half of the movie, like one through five, especially this movie big time. Cause I feel like there's yeah. a lot that you can read about, like obviously like the crime element, but like Roman and Brian and like how crime weaves their relationship together and like how it impacts like their romance ultimately. Mm-hmm. And like Very what much. would, would have been their breakup, you know, if we're viewing mm-hmm. them as ex lovers, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's like, you know, while they're still criminals, which I know is not the case in later movies, but really, like, while they're still criminals who have actual consequences for the crimes that they commit, like, it's treated as like a serious issue and that Dom's Mm -hmm. like I'm not going back to prison in the first Mm -hmm. movie Rome's like how could you do this to me like you set me up to go to prison come on bruh what are you doing and and also so much of the actions of the early you know of this movie of the fourth Mm -hmm. movie it's about and, and of the fifth movie it's like about wanting like clemency or amnesty and like um that's like also a big thread through a lot of them is like they totally. do bad things they 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 get an opportunity to do a good thing in order to like get an, a like, second chance and so that like that is what explains it so even yeah. though this movie has the plot of like trying to take down evil drug lord which is like a pretty sort of boring and like basic um and i would also say like pretty harmful like general plot line because yeah. <laughs> of the way that it's done in this one and i think in the fourth one it I think both of them result in being like, especially compared to just what the average Hollywood action movie are kind of like are, are like anti-cop and like a little bit abolitionist. And like, oh yeah. And yeah. it's like and I and I like really, you know, I think I have an easier time like turning my brain off and enjoying cars going vroom vroom when I don't have the part of me that's like, oh, but they're working for this like government operative and i mean i don't know if anyone's watching the series along with you guys so i don't want to like spoil anything from later movies but like <laughs> no, no. when but like i i do think that there's there's like a part of me that that is not able to have as much fun when i'm having to like be like oh but i don't support these people the one later, problem in I this feel one like the is, later ones definitely yeah. get into that it's like a little yeah. ickier when it's like the like the we like the world expanding but at the cost of the world expanding you also get these weird like groups and like not fbi but basically like the fbi and cia yeah. kind of get involved government do you know what i mean yeah agents. government agencies and government resources part of the right. fun of like the early ones is that even though brian is an undercover cop for a time it's like it, they really are scrappy movies yeah. right. no there's they're definitely i think i have to say i don't remember at what point what triggered me to write this but one of my notes literally just says tyree said a cab which i think is <laughs> at some point during the climax of the film uh, <laughs> when Might even be they're the beginning when he's like, he's basically like oh he's not a cop anymore and he just cold cocks him yeah <laughs> and the two of them just start like wrestling in the dirt with each other oh we'll get to that scene we will get there yeah I mean I also like there there are I don't know in this one and we'll get into this but the cha- the biggest moral challenge to me is that like I I sure do love Eva Mendes in anything. I really, I really adore her. But what the movie does that's interesting 
is it it's like as we've already established the love story is not between brian and even no. character. No. it's Absolutely like so not. clearly paul walker and tigers gibson so like it even though you know like i don't know it's all there's, there's, it's a really interesting franchise because it is still like a huge big budget franchise and i don't know you know i probably have slightly different politics than some of the people who made it but also like this movie's directed <laughs> by john singleton so like that's yes. very yes. like it's it's like you can't ignore that i think he no. does an incredible job directing this i'm i'm a big fan of this movie <laughs> oh I yes agree. i don't yeah i think no, this movie is incredibly well directed especially when pitted against the last movie which has well directed sequences but is not cohesively yeah. is not cohesive and also Terrible is directed person. by the fucking worst so we don't yes. even need to talk about him but like i think that this the script for too fast too furious leaves a lot to be desired and it's honestly very impressive that this movie is as watchable as it is and yeah. like as well crafted as it is because that yeah. is i feel like all john singleton being 100%. like okay let's see what we can do here like the yeah. script is not it right um yeah. i completely agree with what you said earlier too about the villain in this it's i think I mean, oh, poor Cole Hauser. It's not. It's toast. not his fault. But like, it's one of. It's a horrible, horrible Just villain plot line. Empty, it's nothing so there. boring. It's yeah. so like, ugh, like stereotypical. It's. I yeah. hate it. Um, what were you gonna say, Jordan? No, I just I completely agree, and it, I feel like it's so frustrating that people almost look at this movie and don't think that it's well directed. And there's so many. I think we'll get through this, like, because there's like so much to discuss. But one of the like interesting things for me is like how this is such like an impactful movie for his career and also I feel like the franchise and like at large like industry because I feel like this dings him pretty badly and like obviously the franchise as well and you can honestly like there's a bunch of ways but even like the title becomes such a punching bag that I feel like with the title people automatically just sort of discount it and like don't approach it like as seriously not like you have to approach this movie seriously no which is honestly incredibly rude though because too fast too furious is it's a, a fucking great, great title, title. Yes, yes incredible <laughs> right like the galaxy brain of it is phenomenal I mean, um it's also yeah like it's interesting because this is the movie that sort of is the first one to escalate like what can cars do like it, it's yeah. a little goofier and that's become the whole franchise so i mean like in the Justin Lin movies, he works, he sort of works up to crazier and crazier. Whereas this was such a, like a jump, no pun intended, mm. for, uh, Bridge. for like from, yeah, from the first movie that I think people were like, oh, this is so silly. Yeah. And, but I also think that, you know, whether intentional or not, it is the gayest and I think oftentimes like gayer sequels get maligned unfairly like Batman Forever another movie that I'll defend like I'd rather watch Batman Forever any day over like any of the super serious like maybe better or whatever Batman movies like and it's it is like a you know we as a as a mainstream culture we don't value like camp and we don't value yes. sort of like big queer feelings Yes, yes so. I was going to say, I don't know that I would consider this movie camp, but like camp in general, although it is a little bit, but like <laughs> camp in general is like really, you know, maligned usually and, yeah. and meant to be not taken in like an artistic serious way, which I will never understand where it's like, how do you, how do you not get, I mean, we talked about it literally when we talked about Batman forever, where it's like, how do you not understand that these are all intentional choices? And just because you don't think that they're choices that you would make means right. that you think that they're mistakes. Like that makes no fucking sense. And I think yeah. like in a way too fast and furious has a lot of like 
similarities to that where I feel like at the time this sort of got knocked for being like over directed and being like too flashy and like trying to cover up flashy, like, like lights too like, literally yeah the weaker parts of the story which is like oh just like you know do crazy stuff with the camera but it like it feels so intentional and obviously it's like it's John fucking Singleton like you think he's just gonna be like I don't know throw a camera on it right give me the tape at the end of the day like he knows what he's doing totally I mean, there's so many interviews about, like, all the influences that he had and... Anime? Anime, Speed Racer, video games, Hot Wheels, Top Gun. And it's, like, all of those things have, like, deeply, like, rooted queer themes as well and, like, queer things within them and also are super interesting and you can see them on the screen here. And I think that's what makes it so fun. Like, the opening 10 to 15 minutes, however fucking long it goes, like, gigantic race sequence is so engaging when you have color coordinated cars with neon lights under them they're jumping over bridges they're the windows are all like colorful it's so engaging and you're so locked in i mean you're as i like said to you from the beginning you're locked in from the fucking universal logo when all of a sudden it turns into a car and like bounces off screen (laughs) like that fucking rules (laughs) like i'm sorry if you don't think that's fun i don't know if i can have fun with you yeah it's just it's it's funny because i think i think like there's you know if we talk about some of the more serious themes you know I don't think your listeners but some people might be like oh my god like why are you blah blah but then it's like but we're also willing to have fun in a way that some people aren't and I'm always interested in the ways in which like viewers of mainstream big budget action movies are willing to have fun and which ones they're like which ways they're not willing to have fun and again like my dream is to have something that's like thought-provoking and grounded in like I don't know, a certain thematic depth, but then it's like goofy as hell. And this movie yes. very much hits that. Yes. hundred percent. Yes. I think that like it's people, they seem to think that it's such a huge feat to be able to make something that is like critically and commercially successful that also is like catering to a specific like style. And yes, it is hard in that like so many movies rarely hit that. But I think that like that is what, cinema is designed to be at its core like it is meant to like be thematically interesting and it is meant to like make you think about things and it's meant to be entertainment at the same time mm-hmm. like there's absolutely no reason that it can't be all of those things I and like a lot of people yeah. nowadays are like so nowadays well, not, to, not to yell at the cloud but i feel like so much discourse online not to do this again again we always do this <laughs> but it's just like so many people don't want to think about things or at least like if they're pre- presented with something that's more thought-provoking or challenging view it as like an affront to them personally like if they don't like something because it makes them think or feel a certain way. Yeah. Do you know what yeah. I mean? I will say though, like I don't. I mean, I maybe I'm in a bubble, which I maybe I'm on a lot of issues, including the Fast and the Furious movies. But I feel like among the people who I know, Too Fast, Too Furious is starting to get a little bit more. Of, that makes me happy. Yeah, it's good. I mean, we're gonna get into the movie, but like, there's a lot of good stuff in it. There's no. so much good juice. And I think that like, I mean, hey, this is what we're here to do. We're here to make you think critically about Fast and Furious. Too fast, too furious if you weren't planning on thinking critically about it. Because I think that like, listen, I can see the writing on the wall for how this franchise is going to go. I think that some episodes might be might be a little more surface level than others. Not a bad thing at all. But I think that like, because I you know, this does feel like an especially gay entry into mm. the franchise. Yes. Like there is actually a lot to 
unpack. Yeah. Um, I also yeah. think it's hilarious that both directors for Fast and Furious and Too Fast were both like, hmm, my influences are Point Break and Top Gun <laughs> and movies like that. Two notoriously that. straight films. Yeah. Uh, better not think about this too much. No. You bring up a, an interesting point, though. And I think thinking about this movie in the context, though, is that this is a very gay movie. But I think just obviously like knowing the franchise and having seen anything, it's a different type of queerness than we'll get yeah. later on. Where I feel like later films and even One Fast, One Furious is <laughs> so like homoerotic, as we said before, like bromoerotic. And like while this film has that underlying current and obviously like, there's a lot of it, it feels, as we've been saying, like more like a breakup or like an ex-lover's movie this it's not about is, yeah. like two men butting heads then they learn to love each other it's about two people who loved each other and they they're history. like learning to re-love each other and work together yeah. and it doesn't feel as toxic ultimately like it feels kind of realistic yeah. versus just like this hyper masculine also they take their shirts off a lot so, so much. much when tyrese just tyrese. rips his shirt off to punch through the window yes. of the car yes. yeah. <laughs> and paul walker opens the door incredible great, great i don't know a better moment but yes i think that like because they have history and there's obviously like they are fighting a little bit but it's a different like oil it's and water dynamic because mm-hmm. they have a past yes a sordid romantic past absolutely <laughs> they broke up for some reason or another and we need to investigate and they have to like you know their arc throughout the movie is dealing with like their complicated feelings about each other and like eventually coming clean about why yes. everyone is mad and then from there they can move on and they're besties right they're in a love triangle also, which we should mention. I mean, or at it's least barely one-sided triangle. A love triangle. <laughs> yes. I, listen, I also love Eva Mendez in basically anything. This one does not get any points on the feminism-o-meter as far as Fast and Furious <laughs> movies go. This is, it's rough. It's rough. I do like the line. I think it's honestly one of the touchstone lines is when Tyrese says to him, it means you're always getting in trouble over a female brian definitely never a red flag to call someone a female no um, or i thought you were gonna say the, the oasis <laughs> that was the second line i love the band that's oasis. a great one that's I a great will, one I, i'm gonna say something controversial though. oh no go oh, for I it i miss okay the the first i don't know four movies maybe yeah there there is always a, we go we arrive at the race there's there's some <laughs> there's some like shots you know some editing we see a lot of butts in either so very butts. short skirts or <laughs> yes. very short shorts. And then somewhere, two presumably straight girls in the eyes of the directors are making out. Yes. Now, this was taken out of the franchise probably because it's like fetishizing and like objectifying and blah, 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 blah. But I have to say, <laughs> I feel like we could bring it back for Fast X. Like I, I, okay. Like it's like, okay, so you want it to be less objective objectifying don't take out the women making out just like just give me queer <laughs> yeah like we, let's bring eva mendez back for fast x she She's needs to no come longer back. a cop and she is desperately trying to make out with i don't know anyone suki <laughs> bring, so, bring the it. two of them back and they're a couple now yes Ugh, i would like to dream. see it yes i actually I, that's that's my hobbs and show <laughs> no. the two of them the Oof. two of them in a, where like it starts off, Eva Mendes is a cop, and I don't remember. Wait, what's the what's uh, um, Suki Devin Aoki? Yeah. So Suki, uh, like basically seduces Eva Mendes away from the cop life, 
that's my Hobson shop. Please, mm. someone, someone give me. I, they're making Fast and Furious movies for like three hundred million dollars now. I'll make it for an easy You're fifty like mil. 10. Just give me fifty mil. Ten. I'll yeah. I'll do it. I'll, I'll do it on like. I don't know what the original. What was the budget for this one and the last one? This one, this one was, was more expensive. This one was seventy six, but I think like fat the Fast and the Furious was like twenty five or something. Yeah, it was like, pretty low. Crazy low. Yeah, yeah you could do it. No problem. no problem. No problem. Devin Aoki rolls up in her pink car and she's just like, look, I have a literal pink car to match me. Why would you not want to have sex? This is just this, this is the pitch. We'll get you a pink outfit, hop on in. Right. We're yeah. all in it together. Yeah. Come on. Can I admit something really embarrassing? Yes. Um, because of Debs. Oh, I, great film. I thought great film. <laughs> I thought that she was French, even though looking back on Debs, it is the fakest French accent ever. <laughs> and my girlfriend, when I said that, did make fun of me because I do Duolingo French every single day. My, I'm on like a 600 day streak and yeah, I've lived, I lived in streak. Paris for a semester. And like, I, and she was like, you, you thought she was actually French? And I was like, wee wee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did. I you did. were just blinded by the Devin Aoki beauty. Yes. Her unavoidable screen presence was Truly, just too much. I love her I think it's so understandable. much in this movie. And She's I feel great. like she should come back. She, yes. the power that she had, like, I still see, like, every week people online being like, Suki from Too Fast, Too Furious, so much so that I did not think she was in this movie. I thought she was in a much better regarded movie and or a series of movies because she is in like two scenes but yeah. her and her pink car and her pink outfit like really left i feel like an impact yes on absolutely. everyone who watches movie in yes. 2003 yeah. and it's later. so interesting thinking about like impacts for people because i feel like if you look at paul walker just to like segue into him i feel like in this it's so wild that he becomes, I guess, like, you know, the lead of what would be the franchise going forward if they were just going to be like, Paul Walker does X, you know, thing. With a different guy. Right. Yeah. Because if you look at who's actually like the most interesting characters from Fast One, it's like obviously Vin and how they want to get Vin in and how it becomes such a Vin vehicle. But it's so interesting in retrospect looking at this movie and how they're like, you know what? Paul is going to be the one that's like leading everything forward. And then even within this, between him and Tyrese, Tyrese is kind of the one that pops more Yeah, again. I mean, Tyrese is so good at this movie. Incredible. He's he's my favorite in the franchise. Yeah, I mean, but it's because Paul Walker is white and has blue eyes and just only wears white t-shirts. And, you know, like it's like, and even, (laughs) I mean, once, I I mean, I also don't think it's, and I don't want to go too like big scale franchise look beyond this movie, but like, I also think once Paul Walker died and Vin Diesel became the face of the franchise it sort of aligns with when the movies pivot away from having any sort of like mm-hmm. criminal element to them and I don't think that's a coincidence so like I think I think Paul Walker's presence as like this very palatable like you know all-american I'm doing air quotes right now like blonde boy allows some of the more um controversial elements to like slide in in a way that's totally yeah i actually think that that, that's a very good call and like it i think it does happen to coincide sort of like perfectly with how action movies like changed and how Mm. they get made where now it's like 75 million dollars is not really a budget that exists for an action movie it's only like what the fast x budget is reported at like 300 mil or something like that is insane insane so i think it like it very much like 
put the franchise on that accelerated track to be mm-hmm. like, no, the, these are like the biggest movies in the world now. And like the scale needs to be appropriate to match the fact that like they're the biggest movies in the world. But they're they're so the early ones like I mean, so far are just so good. I I think like the action is so incredibly directed and I know that all of them have amazing action sequences, but like there's something very like nice and very real about mm. cars just like doing yeeting wild off bridges just just like slightly elevated shit yeah jumping over bridges jumping onto a damn boat the best the best no i agree and i love like the, the like the camera work is like clean and like it's a little showy but it's not too showy to the point of like distracting also it's like a, it's a car racing movie right no totally but like, i think I it's lo- the best directed i, I mean i you know, not to not to be, get controversial, but I love I, this I think take. It's, I think it's Go in best, on it. I think it, it's yes. the best directed one. I agree that the script is probably not the best, um, and I miss some of our future friends that will, or you know, or past <laughs> friends that will come back. But um, also, I do I do think that like Tyrese Gibson is like the standout of the franchise. And when the later ones turn him more into a comic relief, like some of them do it well, and some of them don't do it as well. And I, I think that so much of the charm of this movie is that he gives like, I mean, you know, we were like joking about Paul Walker, not quite being James Dean before, but like this, the, the performance from Tyrese Gibson does feel like, oh, you're, you're a movie star. And yes. like, I mean, and I think he is considered a movie star, but he should be bigger. Like, I think his, his talent and his charm and like, he, he should be more than like, I don't know, sixth on the call sheet of the Fast and the Furious franchise. Yeah. Totally. And it's so weird, though, because it's like his arc within the franchise is so interesting and like mm-hmm. so unlike every other. Well, I mean, like every character has it, like even Ludacris in this has an insane arc. But like Tyrese feels the biggest sort of shift because he's so sort of serious in this and he becomes then such. A like a comedic like yeah. ro- like comedy relief you know so it's like watching that trajectory but then even in this there are funny beats that do pop for him that are so good even like him eating the sandwich and like how aggressive he eats it and how like hungry he is like as a runner hungry. is like Excuse very you. funny you know yeah. so you can see the seeds of the arc but just like watching this one with the knowledge of what's to come with nine and stuff is just kind of insane yeah, yeah. he can like it's so weird that i think like the later movie is don't give him like necessarily a full range of emotion and of course it's like there's 10 people we only have so much time but like he can do it all and he does have like such movie star potential Mm -hmm. uh when we went to the academy museum here in los angeles there's like a casting sector yeah you know what i you know yeah it's it's my favorite thing at the academy museum it's It's so good so good but there's like a little casting room um where you can go in and there's like a lot of old polaroids from like 80s 90s early 2000s there's like all these audition cards from like hitchcock movies it's so cool but there's this uh little video that plays it's probably like 20 minutes long and a a lot of it is uh interviews with kim harden who was john singleton's casting director who's the one who like discovered tyrese for baby boy Mm -hmm. and like semi-discovered like Taraji P. Henson and like all these other people um and she's like still like a very working like active casting director and is extremely cool but like the way that she talks about Tyrese and like their intercut like audition tapes from Baby Boy with him and Taraji is like the you can just rules you can see immediately how natural like he is as an actor Mm. and like how magnetic he is and like how he just gets like there there's no sense that he's like really acting at all and yet you can tell that he's like hitting everything that he's meant to be hitting in the scene it's amazing i was so impressed um that's also maybe my favorite room 
the the little uh, video of oh, yeah. what's his, Henry Thomas in mm. his audition for ET. So cute, incredible. Yeah. How does that kid have that range of emotions? It's amazing. Nuts. Um, it's his audition tape, and he's like sobbing, and then at the end of it, you hear Spielberg off camera just being <laughs> like, like, "Okay, nice kid, job. you got the part." <laughs> it's wonderful. Um, I assume you've seen it, Drew, since you. Not yeah. in agreement. I, I yeah. just sat in that room. Like once it started, yeah. I was like, I walked in when the Tessa Thompson one was oh, going on. I just yes. was like, well, That's this is one. my seat now. And yeah. Just, yeah. It's really good. I too stop and sit down every time I see Tessa Thompson on a screen <laughs> you know and don't it's... leave until she's left. <laughs> I think that's a really good call though. And it's so wild looking at like baby boy, which is a really good movie and how out the gate, you know, talented he was. And I feel like of, you know, we talk about this a little bit in the first episode but how so many people in the fast and the furious franchise become sort of just like fast players and like only sort of stay in the franchise yeah paul sort of has like movies that he does but ultimately like these are the ones you know what i mean and tyrese ultimately of you know some of the core group does have a little bit of a career before and in the middle wasn't he just in morbius well he of (laughs) course he was famously in morbius and when my uh martin scorsese posted about how much he loved morbius tyrese reposted and was like the goat loved our movie (laughs) did martin scorsese actually put oh wait no oh no it was fake yeah i was like no tyrese Tyrese." he posted like a very clearly fake photoshop marty quote and was like this is the best day of my life life but tyrese outside of that but he was in like the transformers movies you know he was in like a lot of movies and now he's sort of just become fast and like other franchise adjacent right but there's that period in there where you're like he has the juice and like you want to see him do more i promise this is the only time i will mention it but the man kind of needs to work because he has some debts to pay off so i don't even know about any anyway but yes i would love to see i want i want him in (laughs) Indie movies that barely pay him, but look fast. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. He has to do not in Morbius. Not in Morbius. Um, although it's I don't me, know, Doctor Michael Morbius. You saw that movie? The, oh, I did. The only person on the planet who saw it is he. How is he in it? He's like not in it. Oh. <laughs> He's like barely in the movie. That's so and sad. And apparently, he was supposed to have a super robotic arm and was supposed to kind of be super powered, and they just like cut that thread out of the movie. So he's just like a cop chasing jared leto and oh, i'm like this sucks. is not <laughs> anything that i want in any world so okay. well we need to hardcore pivot away from morbius before we, we we're gotta all get infected out. knock, by knock the at the door it's the doctor <laughs> <laughs> anyways so any i feel like there's obviously like a, i feel like we should lay the groundwork a little bit on the yes. pre-production yes. of this movie because it's so it's weird it's weird. not the franchise right. it's still it's a baby franchise right it's and it's toddling along yeah. yes and so like obviously the first one comes out and it's such a success but they want to bring vin back but it's so interesting because you have two literally they had two treatments where it's like one with vin as dom and one without vin as dom and they just and they searched and replaced dom with roman, roman. yeah basically and <laughs> yeah. i mean vin obviously like rejects it for 25 million dollars which is insane he, that but man is crazy he oh <laughs> he's the chaser of his own destiny <laughs> but he rejects it on the grounds basically that it's not a fast movie which i think is so interesting and there's this quote that is truly incredible by him where he goes they didn't take a francis ford coppola approach to it they approached it like they did the sequels in the 80s and 90s when they would drum up a new story unrelated for the most part and slap some name on it incredible incredible quote but also 
kind of true. Well, in retrospect, considering that the Fast franchise is like this like deeply interconnected mythology, like, familial saga. Yeah. The Francis Ford Coppola approach. Kind of love it though. God love Vin Diesel. I mean, I don't. That's he got his wish because Fast Nine is is Godfather Part Two. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, I feel like, you know, this is before the course correct. And I think that it's crazy that he had the vision of like that. It it should yeah. be this like multi multi like film saga when yeah. that wasn't really a thing yet. Totally. And it's very interesting to look at like now how interconnected everything has gotten mm-hmm. in terms of cinema. We love a shared universe. And he like, was trying Finn so was hard there. to do like, Riddick stuff also like yes. that was so I feel like his career is him going from like Riddick is my life to going to being like well okay so I came back for like this cameo in the third Fast and Furious movie and then this fourth one was made and now now Fast and Furious is my life again like I'm yeah. like this this seems to be the franchise of the ones I was trying to launch that has you know taken off so totally well, it's because, like, none of his stuff other, like, you know, the Riddicks or the Triple X's, like, they don't really hit that hard, you know? Like, ultimately, in the cultural consciousness, like, yeah. you look at Vin's movies, and, like, there are some interesting ones in there, but, like, the Pacifier's kind of one of the bigger ones in between, like, the Fast franchise movies, you know what I mean? Like, he doesn't have these huge movies that kind of carry him along. He's kind of, like, floundering a little before he comes back. Yeah. I get... I understand where, like, the studio is coming from, though. Just being like, okay, it's just any movie about cars is a Fast and Furious movie. Like, that does seem like... But again, that's, like... I think, in a way, you're looking at audience perception and, like, Universal is like, well, who cares? Like, I don't know. It's cars. Just put whatever whoever you want it's fine right and vin's like no like treat the audience with respect <laughs> treat them like as people that want to see the same characters come back over and over again um and i mean it's like obviously it shows paul walker i feel like doesn't get a ton of character development in this movie other than the fact that he had a, a contentious ex-lover who he jilted and is now trying to reconcile with but it's great i love that it gives us roman and tej for as i understand it later installments the foreseeable future yes. yes there's so much we could say about john singleton and stuff but ultimately like if i were just talking about like us as our podcast i feel like yeah. ultimately we want to just dig into the queerness within this movie so i feel like we should kind of start to head towards that because it's okay, like literally it. from the get-go and i think you know we can talk about it but i think it is cool to see that even though this was a spinoff and you really could have just renamed the franchise that the lingering lack of Vinness in how (laughs) uh, Paul, like Brian lets Vin go, how that actually does fuel into this movie and like Roman's jealousy of another man. So I like, even though I wish, maybe I wish that Vin was in it. Maybe I don't, who knows what the franchise would be if he wasn't it. I like that the fact that he's not in it actually has a part to play within the context of the story. That's you know? a very good way of putting it. I also think it's nice to see Tyrese get to actually play second fiddle instead mm. of, like we said, number six on the call sheet and like to dig into this. And he kind of has to like do everything in this movie. Yes. Paul Walker, God bless him, is not particularly, he's not given a particularly funny role, probably a good thing, but he's also like not like, the crazy one but he's mm-hmm. also not the super intense one he just like is he's the straight man but 
he doesn't i don't know it's difficult to do a buddy comedy where like one of them is everything and the other is just like i'm just a here t-shirt and i yes. sometimes drive he's the just car, vibing so. i've got a nice smile yeah yes, i do love I'm him a beach though boy. he's charming i mean i think i mean i i think the third one when you don't have like when you have like some <laughs> no offense to that actor but like trying to do a paul walker it's like i think there yes. is there is a skill to being like having a presence and i think paul walker has a presence um mm-hmm and well i mean you definitely feel it when he does eventually leave the franchise like they try to bring scott eastwood in and you're like this is who are you get out of here you know so you definitely miss him like bland blonde white boy is the same it's true yeah we we just we deserve to speak on that because it's really important not all white boys are creative (laughs) um some are more talented than others and i actually think that like i don't know i think it's most obvious in the sunset bridge romantic makeup scene uh in this movie but like Paul Walker is, I think, like very good at the emotionality mm-hmm. and like getting to, I don't know, just like be real with yeah. other guys, which is why like his and Vin's relationship through like the big first chunk of movies is so effective, like yeah. because they just are not afraid to look into each other's eyes and be like, I love you, man. And that is what all good filmmaking is built on. Just how close can you get how close and express can you yourself? Get? Um, it's great. Yeah. Okay. I'm ready. Do we start at the top or how do we want to, here's a good thing. Here's a good thing about this movie. Plot, non-existent gay moments, extremely existent. They carry you forward. So I think if we just sort of meander through the plot, we'll we'll get to touch on them. I mean, I have so many, obviously like it doesn't start really until Tyree shows up, but I even think that opening bridge jumping sequence, Mm. um, is one. Huh, a great action Incredible. sequence. Incredible. So good. And two, I'm definitely reaching, but one of the first things I wrote down in my note was bridge jump, a topping metaphor. <laughs> oh, um, Brooke Sullivan. Well, because it is about like Paul Walker kind of like rolling up, being very chill, outdoing yes. all these macho guys, um, kind of like effortlessly, uh, and sort of like reinstating himself in the world of totally. street racing. I love it. I'll allow it. Yes, I like this read. (laughs) Um, uh, No, I think that that's maybe a good call. I think the thing is, like, this movie has, like, pervasive just, like, queer energy, as we've talked about before, where it just feels queer. I think so. Like, Paul Walker starts, he gets called in, right, to work for the FBI? I mean... Or he's not. Who calls him in? He gets called in by the FBI. FBI. So, basically... He's chilling. He's having a great time. He's in the underground street race community. Uh, that's this is where we meet. We should say all of our besties. Uh, that's Devin Aoki. Ludacris is there. Um, With the world's largest afro that is truly another human. Who knew Ludacris could act? Like truly, not me. I don't know. I think it's great casting. Yeah. Oh, it's great. I mean, he's way better than Ja Rule <laughs> from the first movie. Or I don't even know who it is in Tokyo Drift. Uh, no, Bow Wow, Bow wow Lil Bow Wow, like, yes. of the three, Ludacris, Ludacris comes out the best. Running yes. away with it. Yes. Um, and he gets to rap a nice song over the credits. Don't we love that for him? He's too um, fast. It's too furious. <laughs> it's too fast. Too furious. Okay, wait. Side note. I love the end credit sequence of this. It's like Great. kind of vapor wavy. Yes. Yeah. It's very yes. fun. It's yeah. it's charming. Yeah. yeah. And it's neon. It's Miami, you know? It's yeah. a different vibe. I Ooh, feel like parties. that energy kind of is just basically the movie. Like the movie while the action set pieces are kind of like tense, I'm never 
like I don't know about you guys, but I'm never like on the edge of my seat. Like I think the Miami, Florida energy kind of like chills the movie out a little bit. Like, and I, maybe it's mm-hmm. because Cole Hauser is such a nothing villain that you don't feel like the tension with him and like with his like you know sidekick villains whatever like you never have a sense of of, like dread if they're like in the car like with the ejecto cedo sequence you know what i mean (laughs) so it's like it's kind of just a more chill movie you know i mean like to me the tension is like is brian going to betray roman like who in the end like where Mm -hmm. will where will the loyalties lie in this relationship like that that ends up being like the major point of tension rather than like is this car gonna explode totally and that's probably like the last time they could go back to that well since like Mm. that is what happens in fast and furious one and like roman i love that roman's like oh i heard about like you and your boy back in la (laughs) like how did that go for you i heard you let him go and like the fact that brian does the exact same thing or like you know doesn't turn on him is very much like yes like i want to be close to you like i want to be friends is very telling and i think like it's good. They got like their two times out of it and then they can they never, can do never it go again, back. Which yeah. is great because who wants to see Brian as an undercover cop again? Nobody. I mean, until we get our Devin Aoki, Eva Mendez spinoff that also yes. follows the same trajectory. But <laughs> yes. like, we'll, we'll wait for that. It's the only remake but we'll it's allow. Fresh because yeah. it's gay. Yes. And gay. women. Yeah, gender and... swaps. That's, <laughs> yeah. That makes <laughs> everything crazy okay. About those. Yeah, yeah, we love that. <laughs> So there's one person I would like to shout out before we get to the introduction of Roman with Brian, and that is my man Tom Barry, who oh, I think is the, the secret FBI? MVP of this. Yeah, he's basically like Brian's main FBI agent, His, like handler, and he's just like I love so that man chill and like <laughs> does not give a fuck throughout the whole movie like when they start wrestling he's just like nope not me i'm not in this and then he's just like sitting on the sidelines like watching them fight like he has zero fucks to give about anything going on and it is so incredible he's really good in this movie and it was really nice to see him be on brian's side because he's like kind of a dick to brian like yeah. in the last movie because you have um, Ted Levine, who's right. like the sympathetic He's one. Like, I am, no, no, whatever. Mm, yeah, eh, I can't. Could use some work. Um, Ted Levine's a hard one. <laughs> Ted Levine's a hard one. Yeah, but I love it. I think Brian could use someone in his corner. Um, he's always just chilling. He, I feel like he wears a Hawaiian shirt a couple of times. Oh, he that, absolutely does, Brooke. He, he's the guy who they go in and he's like, yo, it's like my day off. Like, yeah. why are you doing he's this He's like, why are you fighting now? <laughs> he's like looking at Tyrese eat the sandwich. He's like, bro, you ate half of that in one bite. Mm-hmm. Tom Berry. <laughs> so Tom Berry's my secret MVP and I love him because he he also brings us he basically like brings us to roman yeah so that's why i also like him yeah yeah, yeah. i love roman's intro it is <laughs> i know a guy it's Vin Hard Diesel. Cut. no 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 smash cut two cars trashing each other great yeah what do you even call it it's like a car it's like a, a roller derby or a, a ro- motor derby. a motor derby but like extreme bumper cars yeah it's extreme definitely, bumper. I like extreme yeah, bumper cars. Yeah. Definitely the technical name of it. That's mm-hmm. for sure for what they sure. call it. Yes. I will say I why I have my Wikipedia plot summary up. A vital tool in the world of podcasting. Don't tell. Yes. It's it's very top wink, secret. Wink. Um every person's car is like laid out in detail in this Wikipedia summary. I have not mentioned a single one. I will never mention a single one. I don't know a goddamn nope. thing about cars. No. Um and neither do some of the people in this movie, like Devin Aoki, who didn't have her driver's license. Crazy. I think that's also an interesting thing. Wild. I don't know about you, Drew, but 
like with fast fans, I feel like there are some people that are so attracted to the car elements of it. Like if you just do some very light Googling, you can see people like whether it's like the collection of action figures that they have of all the toys in the cars or just like the way they engage, but like are so hyper fixated on like this X model and like this car and like they love that stuff. And there are other people like me who like (laughs) care more about like the family or like the queer undertones. And it's so interesting looking at how this franchise can be like so many different things and people have such different investments in it but jordan it's okay if you do care about the cars because you can do whatever you want don't give a shit about the cars i mean i care about the cars not in the sense that i need to know their names but i I like when they look cool and i like when they go fast and i like when they twist (laughs) the little nitrous thing and it goes room and when they when they do it at the right time exactly instead of Mm -hmm. going too soon or too like all of that stuff i just i don't necessarily need to know the exact the no exactly yeah because like, i wouldn't i would never i mean i guess i would i uh, like that's not that's not in my future like i don't need to i don't need to have that knowledge because i don't think i'm ever gonna buy like oh no any of those cars a that's lime not, green I mean, like, I subaru rich, i don't think that's that's where my money would go oh i yes i also love when they hit the nos very very good nos hitting in this um i like when they enter the speed force aka they just like <laughs> go super fast and everything yeah. gets really blurry outside the Zack Snyder. I feel like it goes away after this this movie though. It does. Yes. Um, this is definitely the most. Extremely sure. yeah. sad. But yeah, they they know what's up. They use NOS in this one for the ejectocitos. They do. Which is also the the technical term. Um, good. If good I do runner. say so myself. But so Romans was, yes. Yeah, I was just bringing us back Perfect. to this incredible introduction. Yeah. Cuz it's just yeah, I'll I'll let you you have the Wikipedia plot synopsis. So I'll let you no, give you the can... plot. But I just have enthusiasm <laughs> to bring. That's why I don't have details, bring, I just you have can, enthusiasm. You can just bring the enthusiasm now cuz I feel I like I immediate I just think immediately they're just like the the chemistry there is so palpable and I just the the tension and the back the backstory and the history like you just feel it all in a way that I think if Dom had been brought back like we already have that context. Like all we know about Brian is what we got from the first movie. So it's so nice to like see this other person from his past and to know that like Brian before becoming a cop, like had a past like sort of with like criminals yeah. and then sort of in a way, I mean, I guess this isn't established right now. So I'm jumping the gun, but like it betrays like betrayed Roman and that's, and like, so, so it like, it gives, it does round up the Brian character more so than I think if this had just been like a straight sequel. Totally. Definitely. Definitely. That's a really good point. Like you, you do learn a lot more about like him as an extension of like his past actions. Right. Um, and I love that, like, you know, Tyrese off the bat is like bringing so much energy and like so much aggressiveness, but like in the most homoerotic way that I've like ever seen. Cause he bites his lip, like from the get go, he's like looking at him. He's like, I'm fucking pissy. I'm storming away. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I mean, so basically he has an ankle bracelet on. He can only smash up cars in this, in this motor derby and live in a nearby trailer because he's on house arrest. Ooh, so sad. Repressed by the man. Yeah. Repressing his queerness mm-hmm. i mean there's lots of close-up shots of his of his ankle bracelet yeah um so they're clearly making a point of it there's even like one shot and i feel like when they're when they're wrestling where it pans between their feet, feet and you see the ankle bracelet and then you and they're see tangled up brian's together. dirty converse i mean listen basically as soon brian shows up roman is not interested in talking to him as soon as he learns that brian is technically no longer a cop 
he sucker punches him as we established and then they get into a very intimate wrestling match which i actually still can't believe that i watched like in a mainstream film from 2003 i'm not complaining i think it's amazing and i also don't think you should shy away from this kind of thing lean into the homoerotic wrestling 100 percent. but it's it's very intimate it's very intimate. the positions they're in <laughs> the touching that they're doing i even feel like outside of like the necessarily like sexual bend to it that shot of them when they finish wrestling and they're just kind of like laying or like crouching in the dirt yes. like staring at each other breathing very hard like looking into each other's eyes until like they eventually get up and then get back into it mm-hmm. is um very charged mm, yeah. i like it a lot no a hundred percent it's quite good it's interesting how like the first movie with dom shows sort of like the psychological toll of incarceration and mm. then in this movie it shows like the actual sort of tangible continuation of parole and how limiting that life is and that like even though Roman's already like served his time he's still there's still a major incentive for him to to get involved and to to like get his record cleared yeah Um, and so there's there's like an interesting element there Um, yeah absolutely. in addition in addition to all the sexy wrestling yeah and I think that like Brian does feel a lot of like guilt and like anger mixed up in the fact that like Roman thinks that he is the one that mm-hmm. essentially like got him sent yeah. to prison. It's very similar to him like throwing Dom the keys at the end of the Fast and the Furious, right. where he's like, I know that this is like my job and my livelihood, but I'm gonna find myself like turning away from it over and over again. Not just for like the life that I secretly crave. Like he's so happy when he gets like his fancy boosted up car, but like for the people that are in it and like that that is where he's able to form more meaningful connections with people and that it's very like specifically outside of the law outside of like the purview of society Mm -hmm. if we want to like take it through a queer lens like that is where he feels at home is with like people who are on the fringes of society and not in like what is supposed to be like what a good man is supposed to do and I think, like what you had said, Drew, I think so much of that ties into, like, the queerness. Like, so much of this movie, as we've sort of touched on before, is, like, outsiders and, like, how diverse the cast is and how its relationship with, like, crime and, like, societal structures, like, leans into so many different potent themes about, like, queerness or, like, otherness and, like, how, like, crime can drive people to do certain things or can bring people together and, like in what ways like crime is viewed in this universe you know what i mean like as it like a good thing or a bad thing and like what certain like certain characters relationships to it and how how that then evolves throughout the franchise and with its relationship to queerness is super interesting just because these i feel like these early ones especially this one it's so this underground world this like escapist as you were saying where it's like these people can kind of be themselves when they're doing this activity that's like illegal is like sort of if you want to like view it through queerness is like when they're able to like get outside of like the heteronormative structures of like society and like break free is like when they feel the mo- their most self yeah so. and how crime is like the construction for found family in right. this like the mm-hmm. whole even without like even with vin's absence in this movie the idea that like you are making a family and like you're choosing to include blood when like they're good to you but like you're also bringing in people that are not your biological family and like 
I mean, I don't know how many times you said on the pod that like found family is queer. And if there's a found family theme, you can absolutely read it as queer. But like, I think it is working really nicely with this sort of like outside of the law, like structure. Yeah, I I say this in my essay, but I also just like, I'm always going to think that like homoerotic criminals are queerer than explicitly gay cops. And I also think that this like initial wrestling adds that because like, yes, I mean that from like in a political sense, but I also mean it in the sense of usually how that's shown on screen and like I think a lot of times explicitly queer characters are forced in mainstream movies to like be respectable in a lot of ways and because these characters aren't explicitly queer not only do they get to be criminals but they also like I don't know I feel like the energy of them wrestling has more in common with like the queer sex I have than most of the like gay sex that I see in movies. Like, you know, like not, not I wouldn't know. I would agree with you. I know exactly what you mean. I know exactly the energy. Yeah. Yeah. No, or or sure. actual wrestling. I don't know. It depends on the day. I mean, actual wrestling, extremely homoerotic. Yeah, but no, you're, you're so correct. Yes, yes. I think we, we, we have touched about, talked about ambulance before. And I think that movie's relationship with queerness is super, super interesting. Again, through the purview of like the law where like one of the main characters in that movie is like a gay man, but he is like working in law enforcement is like so straight edged. But like also you look at Jake Gyllenhaal in that movie and I think he's a little fruity oh. and it's like interesting. Jake Gyllenhaal does not know how to not be a little fruity. That is Jake Gyllenhaal's right. entire essence. And the day that yes. he comes out as bisexual will be a good day. It will be. It's coming. But you know what I mean? I think like that even is like an interesting like contrast between the two of these movies and like how like so many movies, if it's like a gay guy, it's like, but he's like a straight guy or a sorry. He is like, a straight guy. Yeah, like, but that is, but that's, like, that's, like, that's, yeah. that's, you know, yeah, exactly. A, a good verbal slip. Like it's, it yeah. makes sense. It's the yeah. whole yeah. bad res- representation fear. Yeah. Um, I actually love that you brought up ambulance because when I was watching ambulance, I was like, Oh, so he and his ex-boyfriend ended up on different sides of the law. Interesting. I understand because they were like, yeah, we were in grad school right, together. Right. We spent a lot of long <laughs> nights together. talking about it. It's so funny. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's like that really is what, I mean, it's a, kind of a similar dynamic to Too Fast, yeah. except Tyrese is, you know, not an unhinged sociopath. But, like, he... <laughs> they they do end up on, like, different sides of the law because yeah. of misunderstandings that happened, like, between the two of them. And the right. whole movie is about them trying to, like, repair their relationship. And I think that, like, now looking at Fast and Furious as, like, a franchise, we sort of take for granted, like, yes, these are the movies where there's, like, very positive masculinity and, like, Mm. men talk to each other and, like, you know, aren't afraid to show their feelings of, like, love and family. But, like, at this point, that wasn't necessarily, like, a hallmark of the franchise. And, like, there's no third party who's kind of getting in the middle of them and being like hey like you guys need to sort your shit because Mm. you can't work together like i think it really is like self-generated for the two of them to be like Mm -hmm. i care enough about you like that i want to repair like whatever was broken here and like really come to terms um with like who we are as men and what we mean Mm -hmm. to each other and like they even have like this like very romantic like deep touching like conversation at sunset on the beach what's um, your next gay moment i assume it's there's more before that oh, oh there's, there's so, so many, many more well, i mean there's like the whole posturing and the wrestling there's so many like little lines and touches i feel like they're constantly like, brian is like constantly grabbing at his neck they're pretty and, like, physical touching with his each other. arms you know what i mean they're always just like bumping off of each other 
One of, I feel like the queerest things for me is the staring drive when Eva Mendes yes. gets introduced, where Brian, like in, in an effort to like seduce her, stares at her while driving on the highway and like doesn't look away. And then Tyrese pulls up and is like, oh, did he do the stare and drive on you? He learned that from me. And then Eva Mendes turns and looks at Brian in a way that's very not sh- like, she like kind of like honestly like recognizes that it it's not in a way that's, it feels like she knows feels that there was gay. like a relationship yeah. between them. Yeah. That's what I'm basically trying to say. She's and like, if, oh, do you want to do to me what he did to you? Exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, or like, what you did to him. Or do you want me to do both. you what you did <laughs> right. to him? I don't know. In e- She's any like, of we're all verse. Who knows? <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like that sequence, I feel like then fuels so much of the movie going forward. Where like, she is like such an interest in him. But Brian is just like this little bi boy who like clearly had a previous relationship with Tyrese and like is... Yeah trying to work through that while also and like not piss him off while also like seducing Eva Mendez. Yeah. Also the disdain. I don't remember when this happens, but at one point uh, Roman says something about how like women are always like his downfall are always yes. Brian's downfall. And it feels like it has this like edge of jealousy to it in, in the sense where it's like, it feels like he's gay and Brian's bi and he's like being a little biphobic, but mostly just jealous. <laughs> yeah. Totally. No, yes. And he he brings up so much the fact that like Brian keeps flirting with I don't even remember even Mendez's character's name, Monica, even Mendez. And that he like keeps hitting on her and like he's Tyrese is so upset shit on it. Yeah. about it. And it's like he doesn't know anything about like Mia or Dom, or the contentious <laughs> potential. those two relationships real quick. Yeah, the, the another contentious potential male-male, female dynamic yes. going on there. And, like, so he's just doing it, you know, in-universe because he personally is, like, invested in Brian not hitting on this woman. Right. And, like, I think there is definitely this element of, like, they... Uh, Tyree sort of, like, is pitched as, like, being kind of a player... But in this very like posturing, like peacocking, it's never serious type right. way. He never like, spends he more end than, up like, with anyone half a second on yeah. any one particular girl. I mean, the right. Oasis line, a brilliant line, is like about as close as he gets. Yeah, and not to spoil it, but that does feel sort of consistent. Like, yeah, Ludacris ends up being like taking the place of Brian as far as being like his object of desire. Um, but like, Ludacris has relationships, but yeah, he does. He's just his relationship is with with Tej, not Ludacris. I should call them by their character names. Nah, No, whatever. totally. You're right, because, like, even, I forget, oh God, I think it's five. At the end of five, I don't want to spoil, but there's, like, a lot of posturing that goes on, I would say, between yeah. the two of them, and so much of Roman is so much performance, and, like, he's constantly trying to be, like, performing masculinity. I, in I a think way by that, like, nine, it's feel canon. Like canon thruple is my opinion by nine For and not sure. and not even like an equal thruple it really feels like tej just has two partners and i think that's beautiful <laughs> yes yes one of the next sequences that, like coming off of the oasis is then basically <laughs> brian tries to like dump tej to or sorry tries to dump roman to tej where he's like can he like sleep with you and tej is like why can't he stay with you like clearly you guys have something and Roman is like, I will not stay in the same household. I cannot sleep in the same bed as this man. And you're able to read it where Tej has this look of like, sure, like okay, he can sorry. stay on my boat. Yeah. But it's clearly this thing where like an ex doesn't want to stay at their ex's home just mm-hmm. because of like they're nervous that like, are we going to fuck or like, is this going to be awkward? This like, could be bad I for can't us. sleep over <laughs> with you. Yeah. 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 Very much so. And I think that like, 
there is sort of a a runner of Tyrese coming to terms with the fact that like even Mendez is part of the thruple of this picture which seems to be like a little bit of a setup for maybe what happens in later movies too where by the very end he's like okay fine I guess I can tolerate you but he never leaves Brian alone like even when Brian and Monica literally sleep together like Roman's there next morning being like you gotta get out of here man like and (laughs) really like steps up to sort of take precedence over like the female figure in Brian's life like time and time again and for the record Brian is like right there with him like I think what makes this movie a effective from a queer lens is that like Paul Walker is like playing off Tyrese and like they do have like a good back and forth dynamic it's not just like this one side of kind of like annoying needling like pining right. situation mm-hmm. like brian is flirting back with him oh, like yeah. they are flirting with each other yeah yeah i mean what is ka if not a form of endearment <laughs> although <laughs> i see in your i see in your nose jordan that roman does call brian baby he once does or twice so that's what's up um, super endearing i love it and i think that like I love their, I love, they have the perfect amount, in my opinion, the perfect amount of like, I'm a little mad at you, but like, I'm working with you banter. Like when they're like, shut up. No, I got it. I can do it. Like, leave Mm -hmm. me alone. That business like can really easily feel so grating. Mm -hmm. um, If like the chemistry is not there, but the chemistry is there. Right. Like Um, when they do their first mission sort of back together and they're kind of like, it's when you're kind of like meeting up with an ex again and you're like learning like the language that you used to have and like falling into that comfort again, (laughs) even, even though it's like funny dialogue, you know, but it's like the two of them are starting to like fall back into like the rhythms of what it was like to be with the other person. Yeah. Which is ultimately so romantic. And I think like that sort of comes to a head when Roman is talking about like Brian's past with Vin. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dominic <laughs> Reno. Um, with Vin, yeah. Uh, with Vin. Mr. Vin Diesel. And, like, again, like we said earlier, that he seems to know all of the shared history, but, like, is is making the leap to, like, equating the two of them as, like, two sides of the same coin and, like, two very similar relationships that Brian right. has had. And, like, I think that the way that Roman phrases it, where he's like, oh, like, I heard you let your boy go, or, like, whatever mm-hmm. he says, um, is... Like the sort of like, I see that I'm not like the only person who has like done this to you. Right. Yeah. I like it. I like it. It's I good. Um, I mean, if we want to look at like homophobia, I feel like you could talk about like Cole Hauser and like that entire like Ed Hardy club, like villains thing that he has going on. Cause Cole Hauser, despite whatever it is, he is like, heterosexuality with his like fake relationship with Eva Mendez and then and, like how... nobody else can touch her right and, like, and, like it's yeah, this, yeah. just the, like the worst like, and, like most how, he doesn't want men to touch him right and how uh, he just feels like he has like so many walls up around him and that all of them feel like so fake and I feel like that's in a performance that is very much like soggy toast sort of like <laughs> the moments that feel the strongest you yeah. know it's not really his fault. The script is just not giving him anything to work no, with. And no. he can maybe use a little more to work with. I, don't, I think in general, the villains are not a strength of this franchise. No, not at all. Like, yeah. Wasn't there some like really sort of like potentially fake, but like maybe they were going to pull like a Sinister Six and like team up a bunch of the villains from like maybe, the old yeah. movies? I assume that that is no longer well, happening. Well, some villains like, like, obviously like villains come back like Charlize 
yes. spoiler, yeah. comes back with a new hairdo. And they will like cross reference them. Oh, for yeah. sure. But no, especially yeah, in universe. Yeah, especially the beginning, I feel like there's they're definitely not the strong scene. No. Which no. is maybe a little bit of a problem, but also maybe a reason why there's so much room for these movies to be homoerotic, because like if your plot means nothing, you like really yeah. gotta sell whatever's going the on. The plots in general are just I mean, the first one's really the only one to me that has like a cohesive plot yeah and that's fine yeah as far as i'm concerned yeah i was very impressed with the plotting of the first movie and like how much of like an actual like condensed story it was with like setups and payoffs and like big um, i mean emotional moments it's easy when you just you know take the rough like you know the beat sheet of point break (laughs) it helps your movie be your 40 note cards and just uh just again find it. and replace some names and then yeah. just switch where does point break take place does it take place in california, LA, california? Yeah. okay LA, you don't yeah. even need to change the setting you're no, good they're yeah, just like it's change. more coasty yeah yeah it's it's less surfing more cars less yeah. bank yeah. robbing more truck robbing <laughs> i just don't DVD get boosting. honestly yeah. like i feel like this boils down with every gangster movie like why cole hauser implicitly trusts her and also these two strange men pussy like, that's why <laughs> sorry i mean i don't know where that came from but But, you know what i mean i'm like in every movie obviously it's like you have to buy into it but if i let's say was a criminal mastermind i would simply just not trust (laughs) all of these strangers who come in especially good looking ones i would simply not be taken in by sexy women who want to sleep with me i am above that i mean i'm not my my justification for uh brian and roman is that because they have criminal pasts mm. they can they can fit into the can world buy into better. it right and so he's like "Ooh, i see i see this in you mm. and they're like okay yeah yeah um no I'll it's ridiculous it. it's yeah. ridiculous but roman. i sure do enjoy watching it the the chase i don't know if we're here yet but like the whole like oh, yeah. having to prove themselves thing yeah, 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 yeah is like is such a good sequence and it's so fun and it's also yeah no, no, it's a great, it's great. It's a great chase sequence. I the action sequences in this are extremely good. There's not really like a weak one, um, in my opinion. Like I love the beginning, like car bridge jump. I love the steal the package out of the car. This is that is when Tyrese, for the record, rips his shirt off yes. and punches through a window. Very sexy. And then Brian's like, "Okay, put your shirt back on." And Tyrese then I, and I feel like Tyrese is like, "Don't be a hater" or something. <laughs> like he it's he knows good. he looks. So good very good but like yeah. that's good i love their uh when they have to like steal cars for the end heist they have yes. to they have to uh, when out- all of the cars, cars come out yeah. and it's just like oh that a is rainbow so good. of cars just oh, so shooting cool. out of a garage incredible i love yeah. that again it's like they do like screw over the fbi which we love to see that yes. um yeah i mean like the the ultimate like that that final you know it, it they are working with the fbi but then the conclusion is they very much choose each other and very right. much like yeah. take the risk of choosing each other and even walk away with half the money. Right. And so like there's, you know, they, they, they like outsmart the system by working within it, which, you know, we can debate whether that's possible, but it is like, <laughs> it is satisfying to watch them do that. And, and especially with Brian, like you feel like he could easily sort of just like use this moment to get back on it like a life of you know i don't oh, know yeah. police work and whatever and as we know he will at some point because they need more plots in yep. these in the series but like i i think um it's really satisfying to watch 
that choice get made and that ending happen I mean and you know they drive a boat they drive a car into a boat so they you know. do do that I mean they like they walk off into the sunset and yeah, an empty car and right. whatever he says back I don't remember <laughs> and yeah they do jump a fucking car onto a boat which I thought was amazing because it's like you could actually do that right yeah. I feel like that's <laughs> this is such an interesting like fulcrum point in the franchise where it's like just before it's getting unbelievable and just a little bit above so grounded or at least like right. you have to grimy, outrace a train dirty right you know? exactly yeah. so it like has this like nice in-between area where it's like could this happen i don't know maybe not but it's still entertaining and like i love the lower stakes of it like it's refreshing yeah. to sort of go back now and be like right you're not dragging like a missile with your hands or whatever right. you know it's like yeah. this is just a normal kind of car movie i don't yeah. know much but i do know they drop cars out of a plane at yes. one point so like we're not there yet but right. I, I i mean you've seen the <laughs> fast nine trailer so you know yes. a car swings over a gigantic gap with a magnet i will also yeah. say that i think seven has my favorite action even if i, I think yes. seven is like best action worst politics and so i feel complicated <laughs> about it as a movie but like and so i don't i don't feel that invested in the characters in that one but just like mm. the sequences alone are so incredible Big and agree. so ridiculous I do think that, yeah, like this is a really nice midpoint where it's not so ridiculous, but it is shot in a way that's fun as we discussed. And it like ha still has like a sort of poppy energy to it. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And it feels it's like good. such a nice period of time for blockbusters. Like it does feel like a really nice like 2003 blockbuster. And I love that it's kind of nice when you revisit a movie that feels so of its time. Like it's really so small things, time. but like, like the, the good, Sony the bad, and the posters, <laughs> the belts that even Mendez has, like all of it is like, obviously not necessarily aged well, like in terms of good looks or whatever. But I love that you watch this movie and you're distinctly like, this is a 2003 blockbuster and it just feels it just like oozes off of the screen and it's refreshing to watch something like that where nowadays things can sometimes feel just so monotonous and like this so samey. So when something like this pops where it's like colorful and like feels of the time, it feels good to watch. Yeah. And like John Singleton is such a good director that he like right. knows how to shoot this stuff. Like you can really, I think like what you were just talking about, Drew, in terms of like cohesion, like this is one where the style is there and the action sequences are there and like the character dynamics are there. The plot, maybe not, but that's not his fault. He doesn't have a screenplay credit. I'm the just going to choose Brooke. that he's blameless. Like, but he really does like get all the building blocks of this movie. Yeah. And I think like pulling from such unique, you know, inspiration, like a la anime and speed racer, like is something that like would feel like a little radical given how yeah. like gritty and like oh it's about LA and like how cool mm. you are um the first one is totally like I think plays out on screen and I just love he the man knows how to build an action sequence really you does. can see so many of Speed Racer 2008 influence I feel like in this as well like with the neon lights and the color and the way that certain sequences are shot like it does feel like the actual Speed Racer movie that we do then get with the Wachowskis yeah which is also like a visual fucking masterpiece you know yeah yeah yeah, also a queer movie. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah? Okay, we'll put it on the... I think it's <laughs> oh, been on the it's, list. it's on there, yes. It's on the list. The last thing that I was going to say is that, like I said, that sunset chat is wonderful. Um, and this we love our boys. It's a love story. We do love the boys. So, Brooke, we know this movie made money, but too much money to it did make? 
too much too money too much too money okay help me out here um how much did this movie make i'll give you a box office summary so as we mentioned this had a production budget of 76 million dollars pretty respectable open to 50 mil eventually hit 127 mil domestic 236 worldwide it opened number two it opened in june of 2003 it stuck around until september not too shabby um Not let's see run. it finding nemo had come out i think like a couple weeks before so it did open ahead of finding nemo that's good um, they found themselves exciting. yes two I mean, ocean-based movies i would say yeah definitely yeah, yeah it's a pretty good box office we got bruce almighty italian job matrix Oof. reloaded oh baby um daddy daycare sure <laughs> down with love hanging out hey, at the down bottom. with love is crawling its mm, way to the to, box like, office Beckham is in there but yeah i mean overall a a very definitely like did not perform as well as, as well the as first wanted. movie but like pretty respectable in my For opinion was, although yeah. i don't think universal was satisfied which is why we get no tokyo drift for sure i think it's just super interesting looking at this movie in context because it's like it didn't really do bad but i don't think it like did what Great. people wanted it's and like certainly... obviously like audience reception probably had such a factor in it too yeah i know i wish i wish people respected this movie more but that's what we're here for okay let's go for it all right before we get to letterbox and all that good stuff we're gonna super quickly give out some awards all right uh we did this in the last fast furious we'll be doing it in the future here we go first up hit the nos award i need nos I need Nas. Which movie moment gave you the most hype? What's the best action moment? I'm going to say car jumping onto boat. I could not believe how impressed I was. It's kind of crazy that that's the climactic set piece, but I think it's amazing. Lands on boat. Yes. Jordan. Uh, tough. I feel like it's got to be the, the whole opening sequence, but like specifically the bridge jump. I feel like it's just so engaging. They literally do hit the NOS, but also like it's a car jumping over a bridge. And I feel like that's something that as a young boy, I would see and I'd be like, Ooh, I wonder if you could like do that. So then when a movie does it, you're like, that's fucking cool. So that's it for me. I do think I have to go with the boat. Yeah. It just, it's so delightful. And I think especially when, like, as I said, like I'd seen the sixth one, and I'd seen the first two a long time ago, but I didn't remember anything about them. Um, but watching them in order, it really hits hard in a way that I think maybe if you watch them in like reverse order, it wouldn't. But like when the boat just, it feels like it comes out of nowhere in a way, because up until that point, nothing like that's quite happened yet. Like, yes, yeah. the bridge is absolutely, but like this still feels like an, another level and it's so satisfying. So I think I have to go with that unless Tyrese Gibson ripping his shirt off counts as an action sequence. Which I like think that counts as an action yes. sequence, yes. I fully support it. I also want to give honorable mention to the ejecto Cito, which I think is just hilarious and great yeah. delivery by Tyrese. Okay, love it. The Male Gaze Award. This is an easy one. Who has the best eye contact chemistry of this movie? It's no contest. Uh, yes. Brian and Roman, you will always be famous. I'm obsessed with them. They mean <laughs> everything to me. I wish they got more time to interact in later installments in yeah. this this deeply tender way but i love them i they're the best i retweet i don't know there's <laughs> nothing else to say they are the closest agreed. boys we love them agreed easy and peasy to round this out this is i feel like a more interesting one because later movies get more into the family yeah but this one kind of is like establishing a family but this is the olive garden award so when you're here you're family the olive garden when you're here you're family 
what moment for you, Brooke, made you feel the most like family? Well, no Vin to shepherd the family forward, but I'm no going coronas. to give it to what I have been talking about, which is that sunset bridge, like talking sequence on the water. It is lovely. It's tender. They're reconciling. I felt it in my cold, dead heart. It was amazing. Uh, I'm going to go with the sequence I also mentioned earlier when all of the cars come out. That is family. That's a family. Yeah, you know, when, really when you band together and you all come to fight and hide from the government, I don't know anything more family related. So that's it for me. And it's so colorful and fun and jovial and everyone's so happy. Oh, I love it so much. You love to see it. Drew, what is I'm your gonna, Olive Garden? I'm going to take a different approach and say I love this. the initial fight because mm, part of yes. them, I think, I think as <laughs> yes. we talked about, the way that they fight is sexually charged. It also shows a lot of intimacy. And I think, you know, yes, touching moments are a part of family, but also the way you fight. And I guess in a sense, the way you fuck, if we're talking about family in the sense of like, <laughs> like, like a marriage. Yeah, as a yeah, person, yeah. Like, yeah. As opposed to like your siblings. That, you know, <laughs> but like, and so I think there's something about that moment yeah. that to me feels like it deserves some some olive garden i think Love that's a it. really good call that might change the way i approach that in the future <laughs> oh no you know for the brain. good for yeah the good. for the good uh, yes wow okay all right well we know that we all have impeccable taste and we like this movie Oof. but how it does the general public feel about it uh, you want to guess the average letter i'm rating? a little nervous for this one brooke i'm gonna go i'm gonna go low and i'm gonna say 2.7 okay drew would you care to put in a guess well, the, something that I'm thinking about as I make this guess is on my like letterbox stats that say like how you rank versus, you know, like it's not on, it's not on my list of things that I've ranked way higher than other people. And I give this four stars mm. on letterbox mm, and okay. I feel like if it was too low, it would show up there. So I'm going to give it an even three. Ooh, split the difference. It's a 2.8. Oh, so close. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, about what you'd expect. A lot of two and a halfs and threes. Also, if our conversation wasn't enough to convince you that this movie was queer, I just want to read you the tagline, which is how fast do you want it? I don't know. How fast do you want it? Like... Oh boy. So many lines what in this movie are thinking? like that, where they're clearly like, it's so much sexual innuendo driven into it, but like, obviously they driven weren't thinking about that. But like, it. literally, like, car innuendo, where they're talking <laughs> about like how they drive and ride stuff, and you're like, you're just, this is sexual Dude, flirting. I mean, maybe we can get into this when we talk about like, it's, you know, how, how queer is it? But like, do, do you think that there's anyone involved who was thinking about this consciously in this movie specifically yeah i'm gonna say i don't know no but this is actually a really good tee up for like the qq rating because listen if it's not public information we obviously don't like to assume from what appears on the surface looks like this movie was made by a whole bunch of straight guys however like i do think that this is maybe a happy accident Mm. or just uh, somewhat you subconsciously embracing what made films like point break and top gun so popular, which is like the homoerotic undertones. Like those are two movies that are being like very clearly pulled from where a huge part of their appeal, whether anyone wanted to admit it or not was that like, Ooh, these guys kind of seem like they kind of want to fuck. fuck. Like it it does drive audience appeal. I think in a way, regardless of how conscious 
you are about it. Yeah. Um, there is a great video essay on this film from Ben from Canada, a future guest. Great, <laughs> a great <laughs> video essayist where he's talking about text and subtext, and he's like, if you are watching a movie and you think even for a second, wait, this is a little gay. That means that the subtext is working on you. Right. Like that means that the subtext is there. You are not inventing it. The movie is providing it to you. Right. Um, unless you're us and you've rewired your brain over years and years of hard thinking work. About this. Yeah. Um, but anyway, all of that being said, and I think like along with all of the actual like textual business that's happening, I'm going to give this movie four and a half stars i know that's yeah. super high but like again i think I you're like looking at it though as we've been saying with the first one like it's looking at it within the context of the franchise you know yeah. what I mean? which mm. i think exists differently from like other yeah movies maybe you know? there's a boost on some because but honestly like i think I that agree. i would maybe cut down a little bit on like the eva mendez subplot if we want to boost it a little bit more but for the most part i'm pretty happy I completely agree. I think that one point that you brought up on influences like with Point Break and Top Gun is so fascinating because it's almost like this movie exists in the middle of them where you have Point Break being directed by a woman who knows the like uh, queer undertones of it. At least I believe Catherine Bigelow did. Yeah. And oh, then you, she knows what's going on. Yeah. Right. And then you look at like Tony Scott doing Top Gun, which is like the hyper-masculine elements of it. And this movie exists in that like nice, as we said before, this fulcrum point in the middle where it's like, both hyper masculine it also has this tender love to it i agree with like everything that you said i think you it's really hard to watch this movie and not pick up on queer reads i'm also gonna go with a f- fucking four and a half i think I right it. that makes me like, happy two four two half two four two. <laughs> for me okay <laughs> drew where does I it think, land for you i think it depends if we're rating it compared to queer movies or to movies in general? Not to queer movies. Definitely not not, to queer movies. So if we're not doing it to queer movies, then yeah, I think I have to, I have to agree. I mean, as far as, as far as movies, because I would say like Point Break is a five of not explicitly queer movies in the sense that it's like this, there's no world where this wasn't being thought about. This is like, this is so textual to this. It's so, it's such a part of it. And I don't think this quite gets there. I think probably yeah. because there's not the awareness. Um, but it it gets as close as you can get by accident. So four four and a half feels like a really solid. Amazing. I think it's a nice place solid for score. it to to drive. We yeah. we we love being lined, and we love that that is a nice place for it oh, to drive. Love Miami trips, baby. Oh, Drew, thank you so much for being here. Truly a delight. You. A you delight. Are just talk about movies in the best way. Um, really honored. Um, Obviously, people should know you and what you're up to. But if they don't, what are you up to and where can folks find you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at draw underscore Gregory. Um, You can find a lot of my work at Autostraddle. And you can find if you search by the time this episode comes out, if you search like my name and Fast and the Furious, there will probably be an essay. It comes out tomorrow morning. Um, Hell yeah. I, wait, am I allowed to reveal that? Like when you guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, and absolutely. also, I'll link it in our episode yeah. description. Right. So, um, go yeah, it comes out tomorrow morning. I don't know. I don't know how it's going to be received. Sometimes I, I love a long form essay, and I'm aware that 
you know, that's not necessarily where most of our attention spans are, myself included. I don't read as many as I used to either. So, but mm-hmm. it is 4,000 words on the Fast and the Furious. So, that sounds I will be like a dream to I me. I love long yes. form essays. I love, that's why I love video essays so much. It's like yeah. being in school, but about the topics right. that you actually care about. And yes. I feel the same yes. about your writing. We are not as exciting, but we are also on Twitter. A fact. I'm at Brooke B. Solomon. Jordan H. Gus. And we're together at Career Quadrant. And we're also on Letterboxd at bang, Brooke bang. B. Solomon. Jordan H. Gus. And you can find this podcast on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts in Miami, in a Oasis, wherever vroom. else <laughs> you care <laughs> to oh, get Oasis. your podcasts. Um, so that's that. Thank you for joining us once again on Q Fast, Q Furious. We will be back in two weeks for the next entry, but next week, in the meantime. I think this is a clean segue, bro. Oh, it's so exciting. What are we covering next week? We're covering one of our white Ooh. whales and an oft-discussed movie on this episode. Uh, to celebrate the release of Top Gun Maverick, we are talking the original film, Top Gun, next week. Bang, and bang, let's go. Depending on how Maverick shakes out, we'll probably cover it at some point in the future. A little future. sprinkle, yeah. But for now, next if week Glenn is pa- just Glenn better be like a OG little Top Gun. I don't know. We'll have to, we'll have to find out. Sure. So anyway, yes. um, tune in next week for that it's going to be a doozy cannot wait jordan do you have anything you want to leave the listeners with uh just remember that our pockets ain't empty and your ears aren't empty from this episode salute me familia